By the end of this podcast, you'll discover whether Ten Hag's defensive short-term solution is a long-term dilemma for Man United, and a City back to their best after an impressive win against Brighton. Welcome to The Knobcast, a podcast giving City and United fans their weekly fix of football analysis and debate, with a focus on banter rather than bias. In today's instalment, Manchester United beating Sheffield United, but the performance was less than desired. Man City, on the other hand, getting an impressive three points against Brighton. And of course, we'll be discussing those two games and previewing one of the biggest games of the season, certainly for the Manchester clubs, the Manchester Derby at Old Trafford will be giving our predictions and our thoughts as to how we think the game will pan out. As always, I'm joined by my Manchester United fan co-host, Gasky. Hello, hello. You right? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I am lovely jubbly. Um, good, good. Did, did you want to like murder yourself whilst you were watching the game against Sheffield um, United? Thankfully, the rugby was on as well, so I was distracted. <laughs> Didn't England lose though? They were winning most of it. Oh, <laughs> right. Arsenal were winning most so, of the Premier League last season. But no, what I'm saying is, I was enjoying the rugby at the same oh, time okay. because they were playing. England were winning, and then then when United started to pick it up a bit. That's when England started to bottle it. <laughs> you can only have so much happiness. Only, that- exactly. It's like, it's like, whoa, United started to pass the ball around. Well, okay, right, England. Start the back of it. <laughs> well, who, who was it yeah. that beat us again in the rugby? South Africa. South Africa. They, were. Are they, they beat gonna, them in the cricket the day before. Are they going to the win? same day, actually, in the morning. Are they going to win the whole thing, South Africa? Are they oh, good? Against New Zealand. Ooh, but, yeah. Oh, I they're know they're holders. good. South Africa are the holders, though. So mm. they beat England in the last final. So, yeah, interesting. There. Yeah, it. but this isn't a rugby podcast. It it's is not. a it's a different sort of ball sport. Uh, and let's start, shall we, Gasker? Let's kick off with uh, Manchester United, uh, who beat Sheffield United two uh, one. Um, however, uh, it was. It, uh, uh, sh- shall I start just by saying what I, what I thought about well, the game? You give your you give yours, yeah, man. And then you can uh, heard that one before, and then you can uh, tell me your thoughts on it. Yes. So first half. Maybe like the worst I've seen United all season. I thought I it, especially taking into account the the opposition, they, a, a they team that are going to get relegated. Past, yeah, they couldn't string a pass together. And yeah. that's, that's concerning. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. She- Sheffield United were in control of the game. They were they were actually moving it around nicely. Yeah, um, they're actually playing well. Let's they, be fair. Let's be let's be fair. They were playing well. They were. Oh, well. Yeah, absolutely. But a large so, part of that was the fact that United did sort of. They couldn't like get out to them. They they allowed them to play uh, well, like stuff like the first in the first three minutes. Sheffield United created what 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 turned out to be the best chance of the entire game. Um, when uh, when Anana saved that shot, I can't remember who 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 took the shot, but it was like it was definitely onside. Like I even paused it to make sure it was onside. And I'm, I mean, a, a, be- a better team scores that goal. Um, and that the stuff like the first ten minutes, especially United, were truly, truly tragic. And goal came against a run of play. It's it's a good finish by McTominay. Bad defending, but it, yeah, it comes against a run of play, and then McTominay then you know uh, be, becomes the villain a few moments later, giving away a penalty. Yeah. Uh, I think we agree it was a penalty. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's like the argument is it? It's a penalty, but people say it's a harsh one. But mm. I think out of all handballs, if you're going to lean towards it, trying to get with your chest and hit your arm. It's a penalty. Yeah, it's like it's like a lot of the a lot of the handballs that have happened, like especially this weekend. All these ex pros and stuff complaining, saying that's how you jump. Unfortunately, I think a handball is like unlucky. Sorry, mm. but you've kind of it's hit your arm. 
you've you've stopped them attacking using the part of your body that's forbidden in the game of football. Really sorry, but it's a penalty. Yeah, absolutely. So that was the first half. Um, as I say, you know, one all, but United were, in my opinion, lucky to get through um, yeah. uh, one all. But then Gasky, the second half was, I mean, it still wasn't great, but it was better, let's, let's to be, be fair. fair. In United's current form this season, it's probably one of the better halves they've had. Yeah. <laughs> let's be fair. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they were able to string together some good attacks. Um, obviously, you know, that results in a couple of chances. You know, Amrabat hit the bar. Um, obviously, uh, Dallow got the goal suspect goalkeeping in my opinion but still um it, yeah it was it, it was a very good shot but it was i think the, the, the keeper made it look better than it was yeah it was, it was a good goal but it was. it was yeah it was made to look better by the keeper yeah. not getting there exactly yeah so 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 with all that in, in mind gasky i mean for, for, so obviously ten Hag changed it second half is um, i'm going to ask a, a couple of questions here so first of all is that good coaching or is that bad from the perspective of well he had to correct his own mistake in the first place and then i want you to talk about talk to me about this because you you, you were uh, talking to me about it just off uh, camera yeah. talk to me about the whole uh the defending situation you know ha- having yeah. to go direct and how that impacts the overall structure and yeah, creating think, chances yeah one of the i think the biggest issue they have is obviously with the with the injuries, like they've they have they've had they're playing three of their back four are your second string defenders. They don't start in a fully fit squad. Both centre backs are centre backs who defend like a bottom half Premier League team. They'll just head the ball clear and hope for the best. That's that's why the whole the whole first half, people will praise Maguire and he Maguire had a good game. Man of the match. In the fir- yeah, but in the first half, he has no idea where he wants to head the ball to. When if the if if that was Varane in centre back, he'd be passing that header when he's clearing it. Yeah. He wouldn't just be heading it out of the way. So all Sheffield United did was move their move their midfield line forward, sit in front of United's midfield, and they just they just took win the ball back. And they just had that's where they were getting all their attacks from. And that's the issue with quality and that's the issue I think with that was I think it was more Sheffield United's tactics working than United's tactics not working because they just went let's just go long ball and we'll just press and it does work and come the second half when they put the ball on the floor and they actually passed it about a bit I mean the pass from Maguire to Rashford was on I mean I think 13 times I think he played that pass it was on every single time right and the issue United got the other end of the pitch is they're not used to having a number nine still so they're not used to putting it in the box. And there's too many. I think Tenard needs to get this selfish attitude out of these players of, I want to go and score. I'm going to shoot. Pass it. Pass it around. Are, are, sorry. It the are, are there any specific players you're referring to when you say um, that? I would, I would say, I would say most of the, most of the front, the front uh, players, like I felt, um, Anthony does it a lot. Cause you know what Anthony's going to do. And he has to, he feels like he needs to take someone on before he does anything with it. Just pass it and go around them first. Rashford does it a lot, but Rashford's the only one that seems to even try and put it on a plate for uh, Highland to score. Yeah. So when people are slagging him off, take it, bear in mind, no one else I don't think has actually tried to pass it to him. Um, but also he makes the wrong decisions all the time, as we know. And then and Bruno's crossing was shy. I think he hit the first man every time. He put the ball in the box. So these players just need to, need, they need seriously need to improve and find the, find the striker. The striker can't do anything if you're not going to find him. Yeah. You know? Is it, is it so, coming to the point where Again, we, we, we talked about the last week where people said, you know, sell Rashford. We both don't agree that's the, the case. But a player like Bruno, for example, it, it's, it's been a recurring issue this season. Is it time to, and maybe not ideal, United are in an injury crisis, it seems, all over the pitch. Question marks, like, should he get dropped for a couple of games? This, this is the problem. You can't drop anyone because there's no quality on the bench. If you mm. take Bruno off, who's creating? 
Who, uh, who's going to come Scott in? Scott McTominay. <laughs> Scott McTominay is lucky he scores goals because he's still crap. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Anyone who actually thinks like, oh, he deserves his chances to start, mm. he doesn't. He's, he's a very limited start. player. He's not going to start. He's, he's perfect to come off the bench and you go and shove him in the box to go and get a goal. So when they're inevitably losing against City next week, you know, bring him on. Bring mm. him on and shove him up top somewhere. Shove him at 10 or something and get him, shook him in the box. Perfect, but not starting. And this is, I think, the, the the biggest dilemma they've got is that even from the first week, there's been injuries. So Ten Hag's having to make do with what he's got fit, and it doesn't help, especially when you're playing Lindelof at left back, who he's probably played there now three times in his whole career or something, you know. And you're a team that's struggling already. It doesn't help having players out of position. Whereas teams like, you know, City and Liverpool and stuff can, like, for example, Robertson's injured for Liverpool. They probably don't care because they're going to shove someone there because they're playing well. Whereas if a team like United have an injury, it's like hell breaks loose. It's like, what we're going to do now? So yeah. I think that's what they've got. also doesn't help. But like, like I said, like, second half though, second half they were much better. I thought Amrabat was very good. He was everywhere. That's exactly what United have needed in midfield for so long. I think at one point I saw him helping Lindelof. I saw him helping Delo. Obviously, he was at the edge of the box having shots. He was, you know, dictating the play. Perfect. Um, I think he does need that help in midfield. So potentially Amrabat and Mountain midfield might be better, you know, as two players with legs. Perfect. Um, but yeah, I felt, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great performance, but I think they just need to get points on the board at the moment. Especially yeah. with like the City game next week, and I think are they three points. Be- I think if if we beat City with three points behind, it's not as bad as it could have been. But again, they have to beat City to be in that situation. But I'm just hoping they get injured to get the uh, players back fit before the new year. To be honest, just I think Reguilon should be back tomorrow. Um, Shaw's potentially back in training soon. I saw Zamba Saka, so most of them are coming back. I don't know what's happened with Martinez. So, but I think yeah, yeah it's just I think just need just need to. Refreshed. I think the squad still needs a refresh, clearly, because there's a lot of players that are still there that shouldn't be. So, long term, it it's, looks better, but again, people just need to calm down. I said it's the, yeah. the team's a mess at the moment. I, I, <laughs> so, I guess, injuries, I, I so. guess the the impact like of those injuries is where the short term problem, long t- sorry, short term solution, long term. Yeah. Uh, dilemma comes into play is that, as you say, the impact of these injuries from a Ten Hag perspective is that his short term solution is to play much more direct with the defenders, not really try to play out from the back too much. There's so many instances where like Maguire and Johnny Evans in particular were just like hoofing it forwards, you know, to Hoyland in the hope that um, this direct long ball would result in something. But this is the thing, like, surprise, but you get, that to me showed how actually good Hoyland is at holding the ball up because there's a amount of times he actually collected it and played it on. But then, but then this is, this is my biggest frustration with Rashford. He just slows everything down. Could take on someone. Yeah, go on, go round the fullback. You're playing against Sheffield United for God's sake. Have a go. Yeah, have a go at him. Yeah, you know, don't just the, stop. Do a little, do a few stepovers and turn back. Just try and try and take him on. And and, the, and this direct football is making it so that United start creating as many chances as they could do. Yeah, exactly. So again, now there, there are two sides to that. You can say, well, injuries. He's got to play like that. It's a short term solution. However, if the point. The long-term point is to have a style, a, a, a specific style of play, which you play regardless of personnel. Then it's not beneficial to play long ball football, even if it might, you know, get get your point against Sheffield United, three points against Sheffield yeah. United, or whatever. But it, it so for so for example, I take it back to when Pep came in at City and he immediately played his style of football. 
and you're able to identify who couldn't play it, but you still, but Pep still played it. Yeah. And the same thing with Klopp. He he, he played a style of football and identified early on who couldn't play that. Not all managers yeah, did that. Yeah. Like Arteta did more of a conservative thing that Ten Hag's doing, where he he appreciated the limits of his players more yeah. so. Which approach do you? Would you would, so, for example, would you prefer Ten Hag to almost be suffering now, but playing a, 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 the style of play you want to see, with a view to okay, for example, Lindelof can't do it. We know he can't do it. That that's the target next summer. Or do you think, well, be pragmatic, just try to get the points now, and we'll cross that bridge when we come to it later. It's a tough one because I think the biggest the biggest problem United have is that, like we keep saying, you know, if you look at. Pep, for example, you know, he took it, he brought it in straight away. Yeah, they, they had a couple of games that were just dreadful and they got battered. But it was allowed to strip the squad down. Same with Arteta at Arsenal. Same with Klopp at Liverpool. But the issue United have got is they don't have they don't have the the system to be able to do that. Because clearly they just don't, the, the incompetence is there that Ten Hag is asked for what he wants, but hasn't got it. So it's like he like for example, he wanted two centre backs. Yeah, you know, and he didn't get his two centre backs, so it's like, right, he's had to deal with what he's got. He's just giving Johnny Evans; he have to deal with it. So it's more of like, do you deal with it and do you try and get a thirty-five, thirty-six-year-old to start playing this modern football, or do you just cope with what you cope with it for now and just try and get through these games with some points until the players are fit again? I think that's probably the better solution because is there any is there any point in trying to get these back four to play a way that he knows they can't do for them to just go out of the team anyway? I mean, I understand like, you know, when you got, they'll end up playing cup games and stuff and it's great that you can play your system still. But then it's like, well, like for example, Lindelof ain't going to play left back again now because I think if Regulon's fit, he's not going to do it again. So maybe you don't need to make sure you can do it over there. Um, same with Evans, really, because like, he's probably below Maguire in the pecking order, really, potentially, in the last few performances from him. So um, I, w- I would rather than personally just try and get the points on the board. Sure. And uh, in coming into the new year, and hopefully the players fit, hmm. and then go from there. Because that, I think that obviously, I don't, I don't like to make excuses, but that is a bigger dilemma than the performances because you, you realise, don't you, with modern football that coming out, playing out from the back is the way to play. Without them players, it's very difficult to get the rest to play, you know, direct. So without, you know, like Delo is a very hit and miss, and I think. But I think he potentially Ten Hag preferred Wambasaka because he's. I think he's a bit more reliable. Uh, obviously, sh- no, no left back out of the three they've got. They're all injured, and then you know you really, if you think about it, he's got what two first choice centre backs that he wants to play in Varane and Martinez. Varane, you don't know if he's going to be fit at all, and then yeah. Martinez, I don't, I don't know what injury he's got. I don't know if it's his injury he got last season. I don't know. So. It's, it's a difficult one because I guess I'm just thinking about it from, I, so I, I take your point with the defenders. For example, Johnny Evans is about 87 years old. He, he's not going to become uh, John Stones. I'm just thinking about it more from a, yeah. a mid, a mid, what, what are the forwards and midfielders who will be there in the future? How, you know, what's their mentality in terms of like wh- where they need to stand to receive yeah. the ball, you know, and, and the dynamics there. I'm, I guess I'm sort of more thinking about the, the team yeah. overall. Well, also, I'd think like you'd have the you have the quality everywhere else to be able to do it still. So you'd think that maybe you you just chat with you have a chat with Amir Casemiro whoever's playing. You're gonna have to be more mobile. You're gonna have to get this ball off these defenders, and you're gonna have to take it forward because they're not gonna be able to do it. Like okay, Maguire can make the pass when he gets to the halfway line, but that's why I think Amrabat playing there is much better because he will literally come and collect it 
and take it off them and take it forward. But it needs that extra midfielder in there. So I think Amrabat and Mount will both have to play when Evans and Maguire play because they'll need that movement to be able to get out of these high presses, knowing that that's the defence playing. That that midfield movement's going to have to be there. So I think that will. I think that's what needed to help. Like for example, if tomorrow night you know Varane doesn't play and it is Maguire Evans again, I think Amrabat and Mount will both have to play to come and collect that ball because if they are going to high press, you're going to need to move around that, and you're going to need you can't have someone static in there and one person doing the movement. So, hmm. but yeah, I think. I think I think a bit of both is needed. I think you still need to approach it how you want them to play because again, most of the let's be fair, like the attack and the midfield really is nearly fully fit apart from maybe one or two players. Um, just because the fence can't, I think the midfield obviously have to, you know, go up an extra gear really. Sure, sure, cool. Uh, and it is a just, just you, you touched on the game. It's obviously a must, basically a must-win game against Copenhagen after those two. A defeat in yeah. the Champions League. Well, inter- if you look at it in like the order of the games, they they go through if they win the next three. So really, it's not the end of the world. Obviously, it's it's horrendous. They shouldn't have lost these. You know, okay, Bayern Munich game was a bit of a weird one, but they shouldn't have lost against Galatasaray. But because of the way the games have landed, if Bayern Munich beat Galatasaray twice, United beat Copenhagen twice, and then beat Galatasaray, they're through. So yeah. it's a matter of hope Bayern Munich win their games and United win theirs. You're through before you play Bayern Munich again. So. Yeah, it's a must win. I think they should win it. I can't say that I'm worried because they should win it, even with the injuries. So. Yeah, Copenhagen are shits. Like City played them last season. They're, they're bad. And, Hoyland, and Hoyland's um, against his brothers, so. Uh-huh, don't how cute. Don't they, and both his, yeah, I think, he's, I think he's got twin younger brothers and they both play for Copenhagen. Yeah. So that'd be embarrassing if you don't win that, wouldn't it? So. <laughs> and there we go. Maybe he'll add to his Champions League uh, goal yeah. tally. Um, still yet to score in the Premier League, but I've been very impressed with him. And I think there's more down to players not really creating for him um yeah uh man city uh beat brighton 2-1 after three uh, the crisis at manchester city gasky was the word on you know certain people's lips um a very long crisis wasn't well, it? well i know yeah it's <laughs> it's like you know holland doesn't score for like two games and it's like oh my it, goal scoring droughts well, you see like this is the thing right <laughs> i i oh where, who was it i can't remember i was speaking to someone and i was like what's crazy is people are saying oh my god he's got a drought holland Ho- Ho- um, holland's you know washed or whatever we want to talk about it mm. he's got he scored nine he's still top goal scorer no. whereas whereas sal is having this amazing season at the moment He's still behind. That's how amazing he is yeah. as a striker. Well, I, I guess the, those so, are the standards that he's created by, by virtue of like how good he created, was last season. He's created his own standards, and people will constantly grill him if he doesn't reach those standards again. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just boring. He, put it this way: like, let's be fair, right? He has peaked early, but there's no reason why he can't beat it. So, yeah, I, I, well, I would be so. very surprised if he didn't break it in like the next sort of two, three years to be fair. Well, he's a, yeah, but he's the type of player, isn't he though, where if he was to get 30, he'd be disappointed. Yeah, he wants so, more. He's a hungry the, man. And that's the exact mentality you need to have. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, yeah. so three. In fact, it even got like, because obviously there was a win against Leipzig in between there. So then people started to say, it's three domestic defeats in a row. Because oh, it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Isn't it? the, the in all competitions. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the big leagues. Yeah. yeah because <laughs> this is what it's like. I know, yeah, because it was like, obviously like the Newcastle game in the League Cup. So the, so they they throw that into the domestic they thing to, to make they it. Have to, they have to make their stats look worse. <laughs> yeah, because I try to make it interesting. Yeah. Uh, but no, as it turned out, it was a massive. I mean, I know, I know, football fans and football media like to overreact, but it was 
it was just so embarrassing the way people were, were talking about it, um, especially given the context of like, you know, the uh, the absentees um, in that period. Um, but it, but nevertheless, it was a must win after you know losing against Arsenal, after losing against Wolves. It was must win. Br- Brighton are a very good side, finished sixth last season. There are no pushovers at all. Um, but win is exactly what uh, City did, Gasky. Um, what did you make of uh, of this game? Like, were there any like individual standout performers for you? Um, for me, it was more the you could tell what Rodri brings based on him disappearing and coming back. It's just organisation. It's just everyone seems to know when he's there, where they need to be. And the last couple of games, it just got a bit. It just got a bit hectic, didn't it? It got a bit messy in these games where players, you know, like I think there was a lot of opportunities in the Arsenal game where it was like, you know, they make passes and it was just a sloppy pass and then there was no one to cover and it was like, who's covering there? And as soon as Rodri goes back in, it's like the structure's back, you know? And and I think I felt he, obviously he covered the midfield. I felt, you know, I think think they they played well as a team. Like they they all played well. And and I think that's what makes, that's what makes City so good is the fact that like, I obviously it'll be, it'll be better for you because you'll analyze it more than I do, but I just feel like it's hard to even go. He played poorly, or mm. you know he played better than him because they all see they all they all put in a shift really. Yeah, it, it was a, it was it was also great to see John Stones back as well as Roger. I think yeah, that's yeah, been. Definitely. I mean, people haven't really been talking about the John Stones absence, but I was very surprised he got picked for England. I was like, why has he been picked? But then it makes sense, you know, he's fit. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, and I, I was glad in a way because he came on against Arsenal for like twenty minutes after his you know massive in, you know injury, yeah. not 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 featuring uh, you know uh, in any Premier League game up until that point. Obviously, wasn't fully fit. So I was happy he got picked for England and played against Italy because yeah. he was clearly still a little bit rusty. Get those minutes. He didn't look rusty at all against Brighton. He was clearly back up to uh, full fitness, which is which is fantastic. Seeing full match sharpness as well. Um, but that that's I mean that, that's a huge thing because he was part of our midfield, which won the treble. Like when we had the ball, was Stones. So having him back, especially alongside Rodri, is just I mean he he's so he's so fantastic on the ball. Stones just offers. So much more like defensive security. Yeah. I feel like even when we're on the ball as well. So that was fantastic. Um, Jeremy Doku destroyed James Milner. That was so funny because like Milner is like about ninety three years old, and I, I don't know what he. I don't know what he was. Yeah. What, what was going through his head when like, Doku like, was running at him um, all the time? That's what I mean. Like J- like James Milner is a very good servant for the Premier League. He's been an amazing servant, and he's a great player to just have in his squad. But in modern football, don't don't you can't start and play fullback. Not, not when Doc is there anyway. You're asking for it, you yeah. know. But, but that's what this is. This is the attitude I'm talking about. Where when we were talking about United before, they need to look at Doc. Doc who plays, and he's like, "I'm having you. You're, you know, it's like you're my bitch. I'm going to go around you." But, but that's basically what he does with the fullbacks. Yeah, yeah. That's what wingers need to do. Yeah, it was it was and fantastic. Well. He's kept yeah. doing it over and over again. It was really funny. But all, all of our good work in that, uh, sorry, so much of that, our good work in that first half came down the left-hand sides yeah. just because uh, if he could just add a bit of end product to his game like in terms of the yeah. finishing he'd be he'll be like one of the best wingers in the world he but can be I, that to good be fair though, I think that's easier to train than it is to beat players because beating players it seems to, is just natural talent it, yeah, I was going to say talent. like ju- yeah. it seems like it's, it's sort of like that unpredictable nature of like the way he dribbles makes him hard to tackle yeah, so yeah I, th- I think you're right uh, Gavardiol imperious unbelievable footballer fantastic um, uh, Alvarez Got his goal. That was great. Holden with a 21 yard tap in. We love to see that. Um, Phil Foden 
had a tweet about this. Phil Foden had one of his best games of, of the season, but he didn't sc- score a goal and he didn't get an assist. So therefore, people who didn't watch the game will, will you know, they'll look at this, you know, sofa score rating yeah. or foot like, like, rating. Yeah, exactly. What's he, at? What's he doing? Yeah. Because let's be fair, these, these rating websites do add a big chunk on for goals and assists. Yeah, exactly. A player, a player could play 90 minutes, touch the ball twice, one's a goal, and they'd give him a 7.5 or an 8. Yeah, or he can drop an absolute stinker as yeah. a striker and then get a penalty in the 90th minute and take it and score. And it's like, oh, and, and it's seven. eight or whatever. <laughs> and they get yeah. seven or an eight, yeah, exactly. So yeah, F- Phil Foden was fantastic. This time operating actually, uh, you know, on technically as a right winger, still his best play did come when he uh, moved inwards to central midfield. But that, that that was that was just like a little thing that annoyed me because in fact in fact I saw it like I saw uh, there's this Foden versus Saka thing on Twitter is very very annoying. Just you don't have to keep bigging it up, bigging it up, guys. See, that's that's that exists because Foden's playing while Saka Foden was playing for England while Saka was injured, and it's created a debate. It's like the completely different. Yeah, goals. again, like Saka played. I'm not even gonna go at Saka. I like Saka, but he played poorly against Chelsea. But because he got an assist. He he got a oh, higher. Yeah, forget it. You could you could be as crap as you want. Yeah, he got a higher <laughs> foot mob rating. So and people were comparing the screenshots and they're like, oh guys, look, this is you know Saka's worst game versus Foden's best. Saka's still better. And it's like, uh, it's it's like that Saka, just annoys it mean, me. It means nothing. It means absolutely yeah. nothing. It was like you know last Watch week, it. like last week or the week before when we were discussing how you shouldn't analyze the results you should analyze the performance it's a similar yeah. thing you shouldn't don't analyze did they get a g did they get ga did they get a goal or an assist well no right. how do they actually play but it's like for example it's like for like the, the city game for example city could have easily won that 5-1 right and people will go wow city battered brian they must have been absolutely amazing just because it was 2-1 doesn't mean they were absolutely amazing just because let's say they were poor in front of goal it doesn't mean that every other aspect of the 90 minutes was rubbish mm, yeah yeah, and, and and I think because City were very good, like yeah. just just it was come. like it was like um, last season, um, United against Tottenham at Old Trafford last season, right? It was probably United's best performance under Ten Hag. It was only two 0 It could have been, it that, been yeah. six. They had about eighty percent possession or something stupid like that. They absolutely slaughtered them, and that was only two 0 You could easily say, you know, but oh, it was only two 0 Potentially could have gone the other way. You never knew, but they battered them. Yeah, and you got to watch the game to then understand how well a team played. Just because a bunch of numbers isn't going to tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and for, first half, I thought City were back to their best. You know, be, be, before the Rodri suspension, they were brilliant. Second half, they did back off, and they, they even at two 0 in the second half, they had a chance to. It's like Foden lofted a lovely ball to Hall, and who cut inside, and he just hit it straight at the keeper. He should have done better there to make it three uh, nil. And then it's and then their their goal comes about by Alvarez. Keeper's off his line. Alvarez should pass it to Hall, and he's in a better position to take that shot, but he shoots counter attack. Matoma beats Walker. And Kanji probably makes an error. It's a goal. But even then, it, I never really felt that Brighton were going to score, to be honest. They didn't create anything after that yeah. goal. City calmed it down. They brought on Grealish. They, they chilled out with the ball. And I, I thought it was a very a professional response to conceding a goal just to see the game out. Yeah. is that That's the mentality of the team. You know, a, a goal's... Because, yeah, a goal's gone in and it's not about going, oh no, here we go. Panic stations. It, they just get their heads, heads together and they just settle down and the, for example, Grealish is the perfect player to come on and just to calm everyone down. You'll get a foul, a nice free kick just to cool everyone off. Exactly what you need in those situations. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah, we, we def, definitely deserve the win. Um, absolutely. Really happy to see Stones and Rodri back, as I say. Um, 
And Akanji will now miss the Manchester derby, which we're going to preview shortly. Which is which um, is not a worry because you've got hundred defenders. Well, anyway. exactly. I, I was going to say that. As I yeah. now I like it. That there's been a lot of um, on on City Twitter, Gasker. There's been a lot of let's say debate about Akanji. I think um, now my thoughts on Akanji were when we signed him last season were cool, fifth choice, whatever. He'll play some cup games and some games at home against you know some of the lower sides, whatever. As it turned out, he. He became, I think he played maybe more minutes than any other defender at City. Well, and he was be, an instrumental treble winner. Yeah, exactly. Let's be let's be fair. If you, he was de- he was definitely signed as a backup, right? As an as an extra defender. Perfect. He's an example of if you if you perform well, you deserve your chance. And he's took his chances. Hmm. And it's not a matter of like, oh, why is he starting over him? He's starting because he's playing better. Yeah. He's been he's banned now, so it's like, okay, we'll bring my first choice back in pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Now, now he hasn't played badly this season, but he has sort of been similar, more similar to the levels of what I thought he would be. But I don't think that's really an issue because I don't think he is a starter if everyone is fit. Because Gavardiol, Ruben Diaz, John Stones, Kyle Walker is for me the best back four. So as even though I don't think that he's like a city quality starter, I don't think he has to be. He he's very He's very versatile. His utility is very good. He's, he, he played left back against Saka last season. He can play right back. He can play centre half. He can play right centre half, whatever. So, it, and you need those squad players as well. That's the thing. Well, let's be fair. City, does City have one actual centre back in Diaz? The rest of them are versatile. The rest of them can be put wherever you want in the back four. Yeah. Really? And that's, that's, what's, that's what's really good about them. Yeah, I didn't even really think about that. Yeah, you're right, I guess. Yeah. Every, all the other centre-halves have played somewhere other than centre-back. If, if you need one to play left-back, you could pick any of your centre-backs. Yeah, that's weird, really? isn't it? So, I mean, it's it's new. Yeah. <laughs> it's new. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. so he will miss the Manchester derby, but as I say, I don't think he would have played um, anyway. To, to me, to it's be not fair. the end of the world, is it? I mean, if it was Diaz that was sent off, then no. that's when you're a bit worried, aren't you, but... Shall, shall we talk about the Manchester Derby now, Gasker? Was, was, yeah. was there anything else you wanted to touch on with the City no, Brighton game? No, I'll no. go for me. Yeah, I think that I think that was fine. Um, uh, Manchester Derby is at Old Trafford now. On paper, City should win really comfortably. Yes. However, you and I both know football's not played on paper, and mm. United will obviously be up. I mean, even without the you know sad passing of yeah. Bobby Charlton. <laughs> They, they'll obviously still be up for it because it's yeah. a derby game at home. So how do you see this game going and how do you rate your team's chances? United need to approach this game exactly how they approached the Arsenal game last season. Just get, just go at it. Just go at it 110%. Because before the Arsenal game last season, no, no, was it, no, the Liverpool game, sorry, wasn't it? It was Liverpool that came before Arsenal. When there were two awful results, everyone was like, what the hell's going on? And then they turned up against Liverpool and just, you know, they were like, this is a different team. They need to show up like they did. Again, even in City last season, they just need to show up and show that you're capable of beating them. Mm-hmm. You know, Hoyland needs to Hoyland needs to bully them centre-backs. You know, Rashford needs to try and take on Kyle Walker. You know, try and just challenge them. Don't back off. Because they are, they are the better team. They're the best team in the world, for God's sake. So, of course, they're going to be difficult to beat. But is that my worry is it's going to be the stepping off of, okay, you've got this... You know, if, if Maguire and... Well, I think Varane will end up playing. I think it'll be Varane and Maguire most likely. Or Varane and Lindelof, depending if the left-back's fit. Yeah. Just play your way. None of this, let's try and avoid defeat. Play your way. 
Nah. Yeah, only only try and avoid the battering. If it goes 2-0 to City at halftime, that's when you need to be like, right, let's pull it back a bit because let's not lose 4-0 again, 5-0 again. Yeah. So would you like, so you want United to go toe-to-toe with City? Is that I right? Want, I want them to try because last last season, it was going very poorly. They beat Liverpool, they beat City, they beat Arsenal, sorry. And then they went on a crazy run. And everyone, the confidence was there. The confidence isn't there at the moment. So they need this result to build the confidence. Beating Sheffield United is not going to just go turn, you know, confidence overnight. Beating City will. Mm. It'll be, the players will know they're capable and the way, and the way the playing is working. Because of course, you're going to have doubts if you're not winning games comfortably against relegation teams. Of course, the players are going to be like, it's not really working. I'm not sure if I'm coming or going really. I don't know what's going on. Go and beat City. You know, and that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for, to challenge them. Because last the game last season obviously was marked by that horrendous decision. Let's be fair. Yeah. But apart from that, I felt it was first half United were bad, better. It would, yeah, it was a good game. It was a really good game. And apart from that, it, that's that's what I want to say. I just want them to play well. Yeah. That's what I've said. I feel like I repeat myself on these podcasts. That's all I ask for. I just want them to play well. Now that's last it. season United played well in that first half, and they mainly did that by pressing high. And by, you know, uh, exploiting turnovers and obviously yeah. playing on the counter-attack. So is that a similar thing you want to see? Well, or do you just want United to try to actually have more well, of the ball? This is well, this is the thing. The, the start this season is I think United are like top two in the final third turnovers and pressing. But so they're, so they're doing, it could, before Ten Hag last season, I think it was like 15th. So clearly the players he's brought in needs to do this pressing. There's no point in backing off when you're telling them to do this job of pressing them in their half. You might as well keep doing it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. There's no point in just because you're. If you want to be beat the best, you need to play your best style, which is that the high press. There's no point in backing up. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of like City absentees, it's obviously a Kanji who's going to serve his suspension, and Ke- and Kevin De Bruyne is injured. Aside from that, City have a fully fit squad. Who are the main injuries for United, Gasky? The whole back four. <laughs> no, well, uh, well, Varane should be fit. Yeah. Uh, Regulon should be fit. Oh, should he? Okay. No, I think apparently he's fit. He was illness at the weekend. Okay. Um, so I don't know. The back line is probably going to be Delover, Ran, Lindelof, and Regulon. I assume. Um, yeah, I don't know about. Is Casemiro? Is he back? Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it was just a knock. I don't right. know if he because he played. He was everyone. Yeah, he got. You came off in that first game and then played ninety minutes in the second one for Brazil. So I don't know. Hmm. Don't know what was up with it. Maybe it just it just aggravated it. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, I think otherwise it's just the obvious ones that yeah. have been injured for God knows how long. So mm-hmm. sure. So I I think that uh, it will it will be a tricky game. It is United as much as you know we joke about United. Whatever United aren't a terrible team. City against United at Old Trafford is completely different than at the Etihad. At the Etihad, United shite. At Old Trafford, they just decide. Well, let's not embarrass ourselves here. Yeah, exactly. So it, in it recent mi- years, especially. Yeah, it, it, it might be a, 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 well, no, it will be a tricky one for City. It'll just be interesting because I think last season at Old Trafford, you know, Rashford offside situation aside, a, a, a big storyline from that game was how well Luke Shaw and Martinez played, particularly against, uh, oh, sorry, not Martinez, maybe it was, just, was it just Luke Shaw who played well against Holland? Um, was it maybe... Because I think it was like Luke that's, Shaw. That's, that's when Luke Shaw was playing centre back, wasn't he? Yeah. So I don't think Martinez was yeah. on the pitch, was he? So um, yeah. So it was like Luke Shaw left centre half, like a uh, partnering Varane. I assume there's obviously not going to be any Luke Shaw who's um, who's injured. So 
if if Maguire plays, you know, maybe Tenao goes after seeing that Sheffield United performance, maybe goes, oh, you know, Maguire can start. I guess that would be the yeah. question mark. Can he can he do it against? But I'm, I'm going to make a betting Mangaski um, betting prediction here. Oh my gosh, Maguire will have a yellow card within five minutes if he starts. <laughs> and it will be a foul on Holland. Do you yeah. it here first? Betting. Okay. Bagassi betting tip. Okay, I'm going to say, so I'm going to say City will win. I don't think it's going to be a battering by any means, but I think, and I think we'll concede. I'm going to go City to win 2-1. I'll say that City will go 2-0 up and the United will score late on, but it won't be enough. And I'll say that both Holland and Foden will score. That's my prediction. Is it, does it make me a really bad United fan if I don't predict United winning? <laughs> you can predict what you want. I don't always predict City uh, uh, to win. You know, I because I think two one. I think City win two one, but I think it'll go one 0 City, one all, two one City. Right. Okay. Yeah. And um, who's going to score for City Holland, United? Holland will score twice, and uh, Amrabat. I don't know. <laughs> let's just go for a bit. Amrabat. Well, that's why not. I think Hoyland will score for United. But it'll be one of those where his first Premier League goal won't mean anything. That's my prediction. Fuck all. Yes, indeed. Uh, Gaskis, shall we move on to some of our Patreon supporter yeah, questions? Good. If you guys would like to support the podcast and also uh, get perks such as um, asking us questions, opinions, um, feel free to support the channel on the podcast. Sorry, on Patreon. The link is in the show notes of the podcast and of all YouTube videos. You can sign up for three pounds a month to get these perks. Um, uh, uh, Village, first of all, asks, not football related, if there was a button that gave you a billion pounds, but it killed people, how many would it have to kill before you don't press it? <laughs> press. <laughs> I'm rich. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No. Uh, I mean... Look at him thinking about it. Look at him I thinking about committing no. murder. No, I couldn't. I couldn't it's do not, it. There, I was going to say that. that that's the correct no. answer. Yes. No. Um, the, the, the question's basically saying how much would you how much would you have to be paid to murder someone is basically the question. That's basically it. The only difference is you don't know who you're murdering. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but still, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kill someone for any amount of money. Exactly. And also, even if you're going... free! <laughs> but also, no, even if you're going down the line of, oh, it's, you know, I'll, I'll do it because I don't know them. What if it does end up killing someone that you know? Well, imagine if there's a button right here now, I press it and you died. Why would you imagine that? I'm not, but that's my point. Is like I could mm. I have a million, I have a billion dollars or whatever, and then you just be dead in that chair. Wow, that'd be a great podcast episode. <laughs> Let's do that next week. Um, uh, Ed asks if you had to get rid of five first team City players, who would you get rid of and why? And the same goes for Gasky for United. So Ooh. basically, it's 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 like a quick who are the five most expendable members of your squads, right. I guess. So who can right you easily now, replace? So the five players that I see it's different for United because for you it's actual players who are decent. Whereas yeah. for me it's like I can get rid of the fodder. So I would get rid of McTominay. Yeah. I would get rid of Maguire. Yeah. I would get rid of Sancho. Yeah. Martial. Yeah. Uh, ooh, oh. I won't why say Rick Young because it's not going to stay. Why these players? So the United need a refresh and the players that are still about for this many, this much time who have not offered anything, you might as well get the money for them. So, um, fifth one. Did you say Maguire? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. 
fifth one. It depends. Like, if I'm going off actual, like, they will be replaced, then the list is very long because it, I'd happily get rid of most of them. Um, oh, Wambasaka or someone. He's a bit rubbish, isn't he? <sighs> yeah, probably, yeah, probably Wambasaka based on, based on what could be, be, be replaced with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, oh, yeah. That, you could definitely upgrade that position 100%. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I, I don't I don't dislike any of these players, but you know, Akanji is our worst defender, so so him, I guess. I think he you could probably replace You can't, you can't use subkeeper because anyone would say that. Well, exa- exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um Kovacic, me, mainly because I don't really have that much of an attachment to him yet. Uh, he's 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 not old, but I think he's around like 30 or so. Well, let's, let's be fair, right? If, if the opportunity for a younger version of him was to come uh, or another player to come along, you would get rid of him. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, yeah, I don't think he's that unique. I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's that unique. Um, oh, God, it, it does get tricky now. It's difficult to you, be fair. Um, oh, my gosh. I actually don't know. Because uh, I'm just thinking of like... Phillips? It would have to... Oh, yeah. Oh, God. There we go. But does that count as a, st- a first... Oh, no, he's technically a first-team player. First team he's in the first team. The there we squad. go. Yes, good. So, Phillips, for obvious reasons, I mean, I think he's leaving in January anyway. He's not... He is probably City's worst first-team player, let's be honest. Um, I don't I don't want to get any rid of any of the younger players, you know, like Oscar Barb or Ricolos. It might be Kyle Walker, purely it's due to his age. age. Exactly. And that's like- it. If you can imagine that these players will get direct replacements, yeah, who would exactly. happen to go this year at the end of the season? Kyle Walker is the obvious. I think he's an obvious candidate. It's like, look, I says he's done everything he needed to do. Exactly. And the fifth one is so. I mean, I'm not even no De Bruyne. No way. No way. I don't care how old he See, is. Would no you, chance. chance. If you if if Kovacic was to go, and let's say let's say hypothetically, right, so he's getting his replacement in. Bernardo Silva. Oh, I just love Bernard so much. You're right. I mean, he's going anyway. To be fair, it's it. Basically. It kind of it kind of makes sense because oh. you could you could he's got these players there that can do that role, so it makes sense for him to go. And you'd rather keep Foden over him, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, Foden's uh, no, exactly. He's, he's, he's no, no touch. He, so. He's in the untouchable list with Holland. Like it, it, that is an, an untouchable player. Um, yeah, it, it's probably I was I was contemplating again being so harsh. I'm contemplating oh, Ake, Ake as well. Maybe, maybe. Ake as well. You got that much versatile at that position. Yeah, you can afford to get rid of two of them. <laughs> yes, yeah. So so one of Ake or Bernardo. If, if we're yeah. going to assume that Bernardo's leaving next summer anyway, then Bernardo. But yeah. for argument's sake, let's say that he didn't leave. Then Ake probably. Yeah. Again, I, I love Ake, but I don't think that's an impossible. I mean, we've we've already upgraded him with Gavardio. I don't think that's an impossible person to replace. As much yeah. as I love him. Uh, tricky question, Ed. Th- thank you for that. And then last one, Pim asks, uh, if there was a last man standing fight to the death of everyone, how many rounds are you lasting? So first round is 8 billion, then it gets halved until one fighter is the winner. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Uh, well, I'll answer the question then. I, I think I'd be in, I think I'd go out between the 4 billion to 2 billion. Yeah, I reckon that's yeah, yeah. Remember, there's, there's old people and kids in there. They I was going to say that, Yeah, there, there are there are there are babies, there are pregnant children, women. there are pregnant people. That, that you know, there are people with like injuries and yeah. disabilities I, and yeah. old people. You know, people on their deathbed. So I think quite easily, I, I'd say four to two, so that I'd be in the four billion. I think the four billion going down to two. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So yeah. yeah uh, I, I'll go one further and say I reckon two I could. One. I reckon I could do that one. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, have I got, have I gone too high there? Oh, you, you, you're, you're, maybe I'll end I up killing know. you. No, I'm just trying to think now. Is this is there six billion people on the planet? Is it six billion? Uh, I think eight. that was, it, well, th- this question's assuming there are eight billion. Oh, assuming there are eight billion. So four to two, is that? We could, uh, no, no, we're saying half the, half the population are kids. Are you, well, yeah, well, are you in the yeah. top, uh, do you think you'd be in the top eight, top eight of people in, in, a, in a battle royale? Would you, do you think you're in the top eighth? Top eighth. If you do, then you should uh, get past one billion, shouldn't you? Yeah, I don't think I'll get past one billion. Just think if you're just thinking about like anybody that's any athlete, there's at least a billion athletes. <laughs> Are there? I would I would say in every single sport that is fitter than me. Mate, if it's an eating contest, I win. I don't but think when an, it comes to sport I don't think an eighth, anything. An eighth of the population aren't athletes. What about no athletic? Would you not oh. say would you not think an eighth uh, of like that's what no, not athlete. I mean like not like professional athlete. I mean like, for example, someone like runs down the street, that's more athletic than me. Oh, I see. Relative to you, okay. Relative to me, yeah. Everyone's an athlete. Yeah, because I'm just thinking. I mean, there's there's a lot of malnourished people. There's a lot of fat people. Like, I'm not talking about fat. I'm talking about obese, like morbidly obese (laughs) people. It'd be easy to fight. I'm going to go one step further. I reckon I would survive until the one billion to five hundred million barrier. Okay, I'd be in the two to one. Then I think. Okay. That's fine. I think two to one, yeah. Yeah. I, but I guess it does depend on who, you know, if in round one you come up against Tyson if Fury. If it's like a purge situation where, let's say, like, it's like the bell rings, off you go, everyone brawls from your spot, yeah. then you technically you just do a thing and just hide. <laughs> well, that too. That's- if, you put everyone in, if you put it in a massive arena, yeah, it depends what you're next to. If you go and find some, like, I don't know, some, some primary school. <laughs> yeah. I think survive a bit, won't you? In my head, it's like you're all popped into an arena and you saw it's like yeah. you're put next to people rel- it's like sort of like an average. So there's like, you know, in, in each like, you know, group of like a hundred, there's a fat person, a skinny person, whatever. Yeah, woman, yeah. To make it fair, then I think, yeah. Then it makes it a bit interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, thank you so much for those questions, guys. If you want to get involved in the questions, then uh make sure to support the podcast on Patreon for three pounds. Eight month you get to submit questions and you also get to be involved in the debates and the top five list podcast and also you get to decide who wins in the draft battles and the ball knowledge battles and that's the end of the podcast though uh gask have you enjoyed yourself of course i enjoyed myself yeah well united won i try my <laughs> pull that face <laughs> next week though gasky we'll be going to war because it's going to be a Manchester Derby special. It's going to be like a meme with the cat, isn't it? Like it'll be a decision and you'll be there red face and I'll just be sat here. My name is like, we won, I don't care. <laughs> That's how I hope happens. Like last year. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, guys. I really hope you have enjoyed it. Make sure to follow so you always stay updated for whenever we release these. You do not want to miss the Manchester Derby Fallout podcast uh, coming out next week. Until next time, guys, I've been Man City fan Nobbins. I have been Man United fan Gasky. And we will catch you guys next time. Goodbye.